Well, good evening, everyone. We're going to look together tonight at a passage from John 20. And so I'm going to read that with you. It's um, John 20, starting at verse 1. <clears throat> this is what we read. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, They've taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they've put him. So Peter and the other disciples started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around Jesus' head. The cloth was still lying in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from the scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying. As she wept, she bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one on the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there, but she did not realise that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking that the guard, that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned to warn him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said, Do not hold on to me. For I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and to your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I've seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jewish leaders, Jesus came and stood among them. And said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I'm sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, their sins are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven.
Let's look now together and think uh, this Easter Sunday evening. Let's think about especially uh, verse 19 and onward. Remember it says, On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked. So it's the evening, the, that morning they'd found the tomb empty. Mary Magdalene had found it empty. The disciples had found it, just as Mary had said. And now it's evening time. I, I wonder what was going through the heads and the hearts of the disciples at that time. We know that they were in fear because it says that they were, the doors were locked. Probably there was only 10 of them there uh, because we know that Judas had gone and Thomas wasn't there. They were fearful because the, the rulers and the leaders had, had just recently killed Jesus, the, 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 the one of whom that they were disciples. And, and, and surely uh, those rulers would be looking for them as well to wipe out this whole movement, possibly to arrest them or to kill them. And so they were gripped with fear. I know what it's like to be gripped with fear, and I guess you do too. And here these disciples were, doors locked. But listen to this. Jesus came and he stood among them. And he said, peace be with you. What was going through the minds of the disciples at that time? The, the doors were locked. And Jesus, Jesus himself, now stood among them. The one who for three years they had loved and followed. The ones, the one who had filled their hearts to overflowing with teaching, the likes of which their ears had never heard before. The, the one who had demonstrated awe-inspiring power as he stilled storms, as he drove demons out of people, as he healed the sick. The one who had just ex extraordinary authority in the way he spoke and the way he taught. You know, this is the one these disciples had followed and their their hearts had soared to the heavens as they followed him because of who he was and the authority and the teaching that he bore and carried. But this is the one also that on the Friday before they had watched suffer the most brutal and merciless death on a cross shattering all their dreams, shattering all their hopes. And now here they are gathered, doors locked for fear of the Jews. And Jesus stood among them. And he says to them, peace be with you. Peace be with you. It, it says that after this, he showed them his hands and his side. It's like he's showing this. This is, look where they nailed me to the cross and, and look at my side where they pierced me. 
It's, it's an amazing thing, you know, that the identifying marks of Christ are his scars. And it's a very important thing for us to know in this broken and hurting world that the Saviour is identified by the scars, telling forth, as it were, the pain and the suffering that he's been through. He stood among them and it says the disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Having him stand there among them, it's like um, he he, he is demonstrating just just with his own presence that death could not hold him. It's like, uh, in my mind, a boxing ring or a fighting ring and here is death and here is the Christ and it seemed like the Christ is down and death has won. But now... Three days later, he stands and it's like death is under his feet. And and he is standing and death has no hold on him. Do you see what this means? Only a few days before, they were looking at him on the cross and, and people were walking by and saying, if you're the Christ, then come down from the cross. If, you're the, if you who are, you think you are, then, then come down. And this is a big question mark. In fact, they thought they'd answered the question. But here is the affirmation, the physical evidence that he's the Christ, the one who lives though he was killed. It means that Jesus, in the disciples' mind, was far, far greater than even their wildest imaginings because in his lifetime he was bringing the kingdom on earth. Do you remember? He would come with with extraordinarily powerful teaching. He would come and he would be healing and, and bringing freedom to many people's lives. But now, But now, him standing here among them meant something else, greater. It meant that death is now under his feet. And death now is defeated. He says to them a second time, peace be with you. In fact, in this passage in John chapter 20, Jesus says to the disciples, peace be with you, three times. And when Jesus says something three times, we really need to stop and say, what does this mean? Peace. He could have said many things. He could have said, I'm victorious. That could have been the very first words out of his mouth when he had risen from the dead. What, he could have said to the disciples, I, I, I told you over and over and over again that I was going to die and rise. Didn't you understand? He, could have, he didn't say any of those things. Do you know what he said? Peace be with you. In, in Hebrew, the word peace is shalom. And it's got a fullness of meaning beyond what our translation, peace, holds. 
It really means complete wholeness, like a complete well-being, psychological, spiritual, physical, social, shalom, wholeness. And so what Christ is saying when he's saying to these disciples and he's coming and he appears to them, the door's locked, he's speaking, the very first words he's saying, peace, shalom. He is saying, I'm restoring shalom. I'm restoring peace. I'm restoring wholeness to the world. I'm, I'm restoring the creation to its fullness of health. When you think of the world in which we live, you know and I know that there's lots and lots of brokenness. I was watching the news uh, last night, and I guess you've been watching it as well. And I, I really am quite shocked at the, the death, um, the devastation that, we'll, that the world is experiencing in regard to uh, the virus spreading at the moment. It's shocking. And so maybe you say, well, where is this, this recreation? Where is this restoration that, that Jesus was to bring? And I believe we get a picture of, of that in the last verse that we look at here. Because it says that Jesus spoke to his disciples saying, As the Father sent me, I am sending you. And with that he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father sent me. So the, so the Father has sent, has sent Jesus into the world on, an, on a mission. Oh, he's got a purpose. He's saying, son, go to, the, go to the earth. I've got a work for you to do. And, and Jesus is saying, now disciples, just like the Father sent me, I'm sending you. The Father sent me to bring salvation to the world. The Father sent me to bring hope and restoration to the world. And just like he sent me, I am sending you. Disciples, my work is actually going to continue through you. My work hasn't finished yet. I was given a mission by my Father and now, and now you're part of it. You're being caught up in my resurrection life, in my um, redeeming work. And he breathes on them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. I'm just wondering what that would be like just to be there at that time. And Jesus says, breathes on them, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. He's saying to them, I'm not sending you without empowerment. I'm giving you the Spirit, this precious, precious gift of God to everyone who believes. You cannot see him, but he fills the believer with this remarkable power, power to be a disciple. So here's the Trinity, the Father sending the Son, and the Son 
sending the disciples and breathing on them and empowering them with the Holy Spirit. And here's the promise. That anyone, it doesn't matter how bad your life is or how lost you are, how hopeless you feel, anyone that now turns to Christ, the, the risen one, will receive forgiveness and life and this precious gift of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is saying, because of my rising and my, my risen power and life, I'm now sending you. <laughs> yes, the world is broken. Yes, the world is full of pain and disappointment. But I'm the risen one. <laughs> I'm the one that has conquered death. I'm the one that assures you that the death will not win in the end. Death and disease will not have the final say. No, they will not. I'm the risen one. And I'm sending you disciples into the world for a purpose. And it's a wonderful purpose. Just as the Father sent Jesus into the world in tremendous love, so we are sent as believers by Christ into the world with love. Just as the Father sent Jesus, do you remember, and filled him with the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit came on him in the same way. Yes. That Jesus is sending us as those that have been empowered by the Spirit. Just as Jesus was sent and, and lived in complete dependence and trust and obedience to his Father, so he was sending us to be people of complete obedience and dependence on our Lord. Just as Jesus was sent with this authority, it is a humbling thing to think that we as disciples are also sent. Even though we're servants and we're to serve and wash others, each other's feet, there's a, there's a an authority that God gives us as children of God, and we're sent. Just as Jesus was sent, and it was at great personal cost to himself, so Jesus makes it clear to us that as disciples of Christ, yes, there will. There will be great personal cost to us. And just as Jesus was sent to be the shepherd of the sheep, to be gathering lost and scattered sheep from all over the world, gathering them into his safety and his protection, God is sending us as gatherers through the message of the, of the gospel of Christ, this powerful gospel to gather sheep from all over the world. The promise of Christ is that I'll be with you. I'll be with you. It's an amazing promise. I liked what Dale said this morning. He was saying that those disciples were locked in fear in their room 
and they were isolating. <laughs> they, they were locked away. Do you know if you are, are feeling isolated and you're feeling disconnected, do you know that the living Lord, that's no obstacle to him? You can meet him just by yourself in your room. You can know, you can, you can worship, you can trust, you can pray to, you can know, you can encounter indeed the risen Lord even tonight, even tomorrow morning, no matter how isolated you are, it's no obstacle for, to him. He's the risen one. This Easter, I'm encouraging you to turn your eyes and your heart again to this Lord. Maybe this time of isolation, far from um, bringing uh, a, a damage or a, a brokenness or a, or a, a break to your faith in, in God, maybe this can be a time where your roots go ever deeper into Christ. You can know him like you've never known him before. Bringing your brokenness and your sin to him and knowing his word and his forgiveness and the fullness of his spirit that you might worship and adore him and follow him. Let me pray. Lord, you are the living one. You're the risen one. You're the one uh, that has come into the world to gather a lost sheep and gather us by your strength and in your love into your arms and into salvation. And so, Lord, um, we are turning to you away from our propensity to do every kind of bad thing and selfish thing. We are turning to you now, Lord, and we're trusting you. We're trusting you, putting our faith in your risen, reigning, holy Son, the Lord Jesus. And Father, I want to join my brothers and sisters right across the city and, and beyond. And we're asking, Lord, that your kingdom would come that even during this uh, time of, of isolation and of distance physically from one another, that you would be advancing your kingdom and your will would be done. And Lord, for missionaries that are scattered across the world, the ones that we are deeply connected with, like um, John and Sally in Nepal and Jono and Heather in Malawi and David and Carol, um, in Indonesia and uh, Carl and Coralie in Turkey uh, and David and Eliza in the Silk Road Lord and there's others but Lord I'm just joining believers uh, within the sound of my voice praying for them and saying Father would you please by your word and your spirit strengthen them guide them protect them and use them for your name and Lord, all of us are giving our, our hearts and lives to you uh, in fresh ways tonight. Lord, that we might walk um, into the coming week, Lord, knowing that you are our God, you're the risen one, and that you are with us.
we praise you and ask these things in the name of your son, Jesus. Amen.